Can't get enough of Cthulhu and Cairo? Join our Patreon for as low as $3 per month to access special features and bonus content. You can find us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. I'm Raz, trying to change up the pace I say things because my players are constantly busting my horns that I say it the same damn way every time. Okay, so... <laughs> Welcome Only back. Only because we love you. Right, right. <laughs> because I'm the storyteller that does the intro exactly the same way every time. When we last left the team, uh, which we are joined by everyone but uh, Professor John tonight, we left the team in uh, Kathmandu. They were doing different things. Aveline was looking for contacts. Catherine was making friends with the porters and uh, Torgi and his wife. Sid was dealing with some of his old climbing buddies. Faye had been wandering the festival, learning about local customs and seeing if there's anything else she could come up with or garner from it. And we have a few remaining days, uh, two, we believe, and that's where we're going to pick up. So let's start off first with Aveline. Aveline, you were looking into operations in the area to see if you could extend your influence of the reflection and how you might go about doing that. You had found out that there was a, an organization or a man, you're not sure, named Ying Ko. You believe it's one person, but it seems that this mon... It's a cover. It's a, it's a name that has been used before or over periods of time. And the locals tend to shy away from it, but in some of the bars and taverns around Kathmandu, which have swollen at this time of year because of the Indra Jartra festival, which is going off in a few days, had an opportunity to pick up a few pieces of information along the way and have arranged to meet with several members of uh, the faction that works, they claim, with Ying Ko. So you're at this particular bar... It's no it's known as Triple Peaks, just because three mountains sit around it in Kathmandu. And uh the name has some other meaning, but that's what everybody that speaks English kind of refers to this place as. And you meet there in the afternoon. It's not even done like in Western culture, right? Where everything would be at night in the shadows and nobody's watching. This is far more oh, okay. They're over in the corner. Like, these guys kind of run things, and the local officials really have no interest in getting punched in the face or shot or in the way. There's far more bribes going on, far more of a an eye being turned. There are several men sitting at the table at the allotted hour, and uh, they're there. They're pretty burly-looking guys. What do you want to do? I am a vigilante. I mean, I'm, I, and I can't bust their, I can't take them to jail, can I? Right? Right. That's I'm not an option. I want to make them my friend, but how? I, I didn't think I'd get this far. I thought I was just, like, I've, 
Wave, um, yeah, wave enough money I, around, you get that far. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I'll approach. Uh, by the way, uh, Keeper, mm-hmm. do we know the name of my father's old gang, like that, the notorious one that was all through Europe? Your, your weight and name means nothing here. This is a brand new contact. Then I'm probably going to need an idea roll to approach this, because I've got nothing. Like, that was my one idea that I could throw. I'm not... Okay, so go ahead and give me an intelligence roll. Hard success. Tell me what you're looking to do with these men. Are you looking to get a lay of the land, add them to future contacts, scope out their operations in case they're working with one of your enemies like Caravaggio? Because we don't know where he's moving, but we know an item of power is nearby. So what are you looking to garner from these guys? I don't want a friend in them, not at least... Not in that way, because again, I'm a, I'm a person who believes in justice, even if it's vigilante justice. But I do want to know what the deal is. I like I, you were saying if they are involved with Caravaggio's people, I would want to know that, or at least get an idea if they're on the move or running an operation in conjunction to ours or against us. I suppose. All right, so you're looking to see what if there's any interests. So, interest, what do you what kind of interests are you're not looking about drugs? What would Caravaggio be dealing in? Relics and art. Yeah, what is the item of power getting in Nepal? Like it was the a, a bone it, from the lake, from near the lake, yeah. A bone from a drowned goddess, wasn't it? A bone from a drowned, yeah. Drowned god or something like that, yeah. Yeah, so I I would just want to know if they know about it, if they're interested in it or if they actually f- fear it like any anything will help yep i just i just want to know these guys and like get a sense of who they are no this could be a a very important line of questioning and doing it going about it as would they be willing or have they been asked to move a relic or whatever that may not be a bad call so they're sitting there you approach the table they're gonna be like you've been asking round for yinko we represent him we can take you to yinko thank you i wish to speak to the one in charge he gets up and he pulls a large silk cloth of it's black he spins it around his hands a few times to make it more narrow and asks you to turn around he's going to blindfold you i kind of take a step back and go is this really necessary you want yinko this is how you meet him and how do I know you're not, you and your buddies over here aren't going to shoot me in the head? We, you came to us. We have no reason to shoot you, unless you give us one. You asked around, and we were told you were looking for someone who deals in odd things. Ancient things. That's Yinko. You want to speak? Turn around. She... Reluctant, she kind of gives this disgusted look like she doesn't want people touching her, but she does as she does bend around and let him do the thing. Bend up, down a little bit, please. <laughs> so you, you kneel. I, I mean, I did make Aveline tall. <laughs> like, she is five well, foot, that's almost five foot ten. Right. So. so, I mean, it wouldn't be uncommon for someone from Nepal to ask you to sit down. I mean, he's not going to ask someone to bring a, you know, a case of soda for him to stand on. Bring me the pop. And that's not going to happen. So, all right. So you squat a little bit. He ties the kerchief around, you know, the the blindfold around you. And uh, 
they walk you in a different direction than when you came in. So it appears they are going out the back of the building and into the alleyways behind Three Peaks. Can I... Would I be able to count my steps and how many lefts and rights I made? Sure. Yeah, you could uh, go ahead and give me a roll. Do you have tracking? I have a 50 in tracking. Fabulous. Go ahead and make that roll. Yes! That is another hard success at a 16. Yes, you are able to duplicate in your head the passage that it was. It was about... They didn't go out of their way to make it difficult. They went around in a circle, one way, came up a different alley, doubled back. I mean, you're really only about a quarter mile and still within the, the, the confines of Kathmandu. You're not that far from the tavern. If it was a run, you'd be there in a minute and a half, two minutes tops. So yeah, and you're fine. And, and last question, like there are probably food stands around a noticeable smell just to kind of make sure that I remember it. Yeah, besides yak shit, um, you pick up a couple <laughs> of, uh, you, p- you pick up um, some sort of a roasting, I'm not going to say chestnut, but some local sense. There's a lot of spices and things that are very foreign to you, but you definitely get a strong a strong feeling, and, and there's a lot of loud noise at one point. So you're able to pinpoint your way back. I mean, that roll, you'll you'll make it back to Three Peaks with no problem. You're brought in, and finally the blindfold is removed, and you definitely, you came down some stairs. You, uh, you know, you descended no more than maybe 15 feet, but you're definitely in some sort of a basement that has been outfitted, and it's outfitted to look like the absolute classic 1930s one opium den. Some beautiful women lying on cushions. Everybody, a lot of smell of uh, citrus and burnt orange peel, which supposedly the pipe of poppy definitely gives off that scent. And sitting in this very large gold ornate chair with massive purple cushions and some, you know, a, a woman fanning him with this large bamboo fan a man who's pretty good size he's about close to six foot tall broad standing there he's only in a the most casual clothes but they're very fine quality and as you approach he's you know he puts a hand up they stop you you're looking around and he says you wish for yinko you have him how may this one serve you she looks around and goes quite the company you keep he says nothing his men kind of move over to the side, give you a little bit of space, but stay close enough that if you charged him, they'd be able to grab onto you. So you're the one who I wave my finger in a circle to like indicate all of this. You're the one that runs this city's underground network, I take it? What is it you need? I represent a man who has a keen interest in traveling up the mountains for an artifact. And I want to know if you or your colleagues know anything of this or can shed some information. I can assure you, you will be compensated for that information. Interesting. You are already going up the mountain. So who do you represent that would be interested in others? doing the same journey 
you have been seen throughout the city by my people since you've begun asking about Ying Ko. We have watched before we approached you. You have hired a guide and are part of a group. So what do you need of me? Is there any place to sit or is he giving me indication that I can? Nope, not yet. It's a bit of a long story, Mr. Ying Ko, but let me give it to you in a nutshell. I have my companions and I who are, as you know, climbing the mountains in a few days, have faced several obstacles along our journey to gather artifacts of historical importance. We are explorers, and there are certain people who wish to steal them out from under us. I represent... She pulls out one of the silver cards that re- the reflection... He is our patron, and he does not want to see us harmed. He would be most grateful if our safety was ensured and that no one else was following our tracks. And any info that you have on what could be hiding in those mountains also is interesting, because... We're going into this almost blind, other than the fact that we have guides who can take us up. If that makes sense. You seek to traverse into India, to the Rupkund, the Lake of Bone, yes? Many okay. things you got that one. hide in those mountains. I would tell you to go home without what you came for. The lake is cursed. We do not deal in the remains of the dead. It is bad for business. Bad for Kathmandu. Is there a legend behind that lake? There are many. Uh, no one has the truth as to why there are so many bones scattered around the shore of a lake that is frozen most of the year. Many who have died or been slain on the shores of that lake. There are many reasons they say it has happened. All I can tell you is expeditions are expensive there because most won't go. Interesting. As a local yourself and you don't know what actually is up there. I'm giving you information because I find you pleasing to my eye. But anything more from me will require payment. I am not in the habit of parting with things that others desire for free. Keeper, um, I've got assets. How much money am I carrying around at a time? And how much is it worth in Kathmandu? Well, your money in Kathmandu is probably worth a decent amount. Um, it's It would be pounds or money from Europe. I mean, that's all good stuff. What's your um, finance rating? I have a credit rating of 20. You're not that wealthy. You're okay, but you're not crazy wealthy. You could probably produce $150 at the flip of a hat. And that's that's a lot for you. Most of your money goes into the organization. You, you're not doing this to be wealthy. So it says on my cash and assets that I always carry like at least 40 on me at a time. Would mm-hmm. that so, be enough r- to sway him? Uh, it's no. enough to make him smile for a bit, but it's not going to make him your best friend. My play would be give him a front now and have one of my people send the rest in a few days. Like, oh, here's, here's payment from the reflection, you know, he, for that favor. But I don't know if that would work. You're looking to offer him what cash you have on the promise that there will be more cash to come. Yeah, for, like, 
continued help while we're in the area. He's not overly moved by what you're offering. Just doesn't seem like it's enough to make him thrilled. But he does say this. Why do you seek Rupkund? What could possibly be there that you could not find in any cemetery anywhere else in the world? Why there? You said it yourself. There's a great power that lies in that lake. There are certain people who want to obtain that for ill-gotten reasons. Where do you come from? Oh, myself. Uh, West End. London. An Englisher. Couldn't you tell by the accent? I know people who can fake how they sound. When you come down from Rupkund, you will come back to Kathmandu, yes? Most likely, if we are not in a bit of a hurry. Nearest airport is here, or in India, but since you have got crossed into the country without permission, I would see you coming back here first. Give me your word you will come back and take a package home for me to England, and I may be willing to tell you more of what I know. In Not in character... We don't. I don't know if we. I can go home that you can, easily. You can go home any way you want. You just have to hook up with people later. She kind of gives him this look like, is this package in any way going to put me in prison? Are you planning on revealing it or getting caught? I don't usually work with criminals. He laughs. She says. He laughs. He's like, you came to me. You because... sought out Ying Ko. I am a criminal. What do you mean? You work for a man who wishes to steal relics from another country, from a sacred site. You are no better than me. Got to admit, you are asking about a criminal organization and smuggling bones out. That doesn't sound legal. I want to tell him the reasons why. Understood, but you're you're approaching this hoity-toity and he's telling you you're no, you're no better than... You're a smuggler just like he is. So stop screwing around. Either carry the package... Or go back to the pub. I mean, that's sort of the vibe you're getting. You're not give. You're 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 looking for intel, but you're not. Remember, criminals aren't used to being nice. He does this because he wants to gain from it. He's a pirate, right? This isn't a cop who wants to help you. This isn't the cop, the Cobalt Club. This is. A I group know of that. Men. Yeah. I'm, I'm... Yeah, this is really no different than uh, than the Giovannis. Yeah, Do just well. Me and then, <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have a girl in a in a box. Yeah, and I yeah, and we killed Arturo <laughs> after that. Well, we could, you know, I'm not saying we couldn't kill this guy. You know? <laughs> not it saying is, we're not going to do that. You know, sometimes things happen. People fall off cliffs all the time. It's <laughs> Especially just a, a uh, <laughs> yeah. listen. Very listen, in the Catherine Ross Guide to Making Friends, even if you don't want to be their friend, sometimes you got to give people something, like a muffin basket or a shot of morphine. <laughs> Which you don't have. I so, was gonna. Knife in the gut. So what do you want to do, Aveline? She goes, just name a time and place and I'll get back. I'll inform you when I'm back in the city. Pick it up at a dead drop, whatever you want. When you return, go to Three Peaks and sit at the table you met my men. I will give you what I need you to bring back to England. Where do you want me to drop it off? When I, I get will there? tell you when you get it. When you come from the mountain. This is simple. Compared to where you're going, 
This will be simple. All right, so let's move on to Faye. Uh, Faye, at some point, Dr. Pr- uh, Dr. Priest pulls you off to the side and um, wants to discuss Catherine with you. So he sees you at the at Torgi's got uh, expeditions. The Sherpas are there. You know, everyone's busy. Uh, mules have been starting to arrive from vendors that bring them in, and he, you know, he keeps them for a certain period of time, pays for their them for a, you know part of the season. Um, but these are all farmers who their crops are done, so they've carried these mules have brought crops or pelts or whatever into Kathmandu. And now Torgi is going to be bar, you know, renting them for, to get you up into the mountains. And Priest comes over and he says, Miss Dawson, I'm, if it wouldn't be too inconvenient, may I have a few words with you just, just for a couple of minutes? I had some questions. You're probably the best suited to answer. Sure. Uh, let's go somewhere a little bit more private. I've put a pot on. So maybe a cuppa, if that would be... I know in America you don't normally partake as much, but if um, if tea suits... I'm a world... I'm a world traveler. I love a cup of tea. Let's go. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So he goes over, and Torgi's wife, she's off in the corner speaking with Catherine. They're laughing about something. She does seem to speak a very broken form of English, so she can get points across... And um, Torky comes in, he smiles a couple times, he grabs another couple of things and some rope uh, and a few other crimpons and some other items from out of the other storage room. Walks back through, laughs, hears something the women are saying. But Priest sits in another part of the office with you and pours some tea and sits down and reaches up from this small tin he had in his pocket. And he's like, Biscuit? Uh, yeah, sure. And I take one, and I'm I'm holding it, but I'm not eating it just yet. I just took it to be polite. He's like, well, I don't really want to ruffle any feathers here, Miss Dawson. So I've been speaking to some of the members of your team, and um, I'm I would hope at this point that you would be aware that I was hired by some of the other men organizing this with Mister Poulter, his uh, contacts here in the east. Mr. Cuthbert, had requested that I come here to be the medical officer, uh, doctor, if you will, on this particular expedition. Since doing my rounds and getting some background on everyone, I've learned that there have been several times in the last month that you have yourself been seriously injured and that Miss Ross has done what she could to keep you, well, in fit health. Um, Just could you describe some of those injuries to me, some of the things that you have actually suffered. I'm I'm only curious because I'm trying to get the lay of the land, if it will, about Miss Ross and her knowledge. Hearing this, um, Faye kind of is getting like a little bit of a weird vibe. Um, so she just sort of sets her tea and biscuit down uh, to the side and she uh, clasps her hand and she goes, well, do you need to perform an examination on all of us before we go? So that you are aware of our injuries? Well, that's sort of where I'm at, you see. Normally I would say the answer to that would be yes. But if Miss Ross has given you a clean bill of health, um, it's just rather odd to hear that a surgery actually might have been performed by Miss Ross and somehow in Italy and that this... um, Let me be as frank as I possibly can. I don't need to make this climb if you have a medical 
person who is qualified to go up into the mountains and take care of this team. I have other things I could be doing back home in Japan trying to arrange for my hospitals. However, the money drew me here and the need, but it appears that need may be redundant. You see me sitting in front of you here in one piece. That's all because of Catherine. Catherine has saved my life more times than I can count. I owe her so much. Yeah, but save- I will never be able to repay. I will never be able to repay the debt that I have accrued with her. Yes, but saved your life from what? I mean, uh, were you? I don't know. Hit by a car? Were you thrown from I a wish. horse? Well, let's see. Slapped by a blackguard in a big mustache. I'm just trying to understand. <laughs> Thank you, Sid. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to understand the extent of the injuries that we're talking about that may or may not have been so life-threatening. Let's just say I've been at the point of death a few too many times than I would care to think about. However, she has saved me. Only a few weeks ago, I was shot right through the chest. I should have died. I thought I was going to die. Shot in the chest. Catherine's in it. Wrong place, wrong time. It's not. It, that's not the point. The point is. And you're going Catherine, to climb. Uh, Miss well, Dawson, this doesn't going... sound like you're fit enough to climb. How many weeks ago, actually, are we talking? You understand the the risk to the to the lungs and the chest area. This is this is serious stuff. I mean, the fact that you're standing here is an attestment to the Miss Ross's skill, but. Maybe you shouldn't be on this mission. Maybe you should be, you know, staying here in Kathmandu. Either I walk up there with my friends or I'm strapped to the tall one with the mustache's back. I'm going up there one way or another. Well, that doesn't stop the type of situation I'm talking about. Elevation sickness and and lung dis... Uh, there's a lot of things that can go wrong up there. I, I, maybe I should speak to Miss Ross directly. I, I, I was hoping for a little bit more insight, but if she, if if you've been shot, uh, as you say, in the chest, and uh, have been able to make this journey alone from Italy, is it must have been exhausting for you, and quite frankly, not advised. Look, Doc, I've done stupider things in my life, and I've also done worse things in my life. Is I'm still alive. Excuse me. Stupider is that a colonial? A, collo- a colloquialism from the colonies. It's not really stupider, is it? It's just stupid. I don't think there can be stupider, is there? You want an answer or not? I am, I am asking. I'm sorry if I'm offending you. Are you going to finish that biscuit? Go ahead. <laughs> Look, Doc, all I'm saying is Catherine has cared for us better than anyone I could even think could care for us. Now, you would be welcome on the trip. I'm not going to leave it up to me to say whether you should go or not. I think that it should be a discussion with the rest of my group. But if you're getting cold feet and you want to go back to your hospitals and build whatever, then that's up to you. Don't put this on me. You misunderstand. I I really take the job seriously. But having two voices as medical officers is, is just not necessary. And I don't want to step on Miss Ross's toes, but by the same token, she's not a physician. She's a nurse. Are you the sexist with everyone that you meet, or...? Excuse me? Oh, I'm just wondering. Um, do you want to see all my scars? Uh, the things that she's patched me up with? I, are you, I mean... She is... I would go and say that she is more talented than any doctor, physician, surgeon, whatever the hell, 
that you will ever meet. I didn't realize you were a couple, Miss Dawson. I shouldn't have pried. Obviously, okay, you're having some form of hysteria. That She, that uh, she stands be... up. She goes, okay, look, I'm going to tell you one thing, and I'm going to tell you it right now. You can go. I don't want to be near you. If you even try to do any work on me, examine me, I'm going to smack you. Miss Dawson, you're just willing to show me your chest scars. I'm not sure how this has turned so ugly. I'm just... Because you're... Is it your moon time? I'm just... I'm just asking because you seem to be getting very upset. Maybe we should leave that... You should finish that biscuit then. It'll help with the iron. Give you something else to... I take the biscuit and I throw it at him. I'm like, you can finish the biscuit your damn self. And I leave. Wow. I'm like, bye! Enjoy Japan! Have a good time. Let me show you my chest scars. Hey, let me show you my chest scars, Dawson. <laughs> I got Catherine, this mark in Burma. You're, you're muted, Lauren. Catherine wrote, this is why you get shot. I'm defending you. <laughs> no, I know. You bitch. I know. I know. But awesome. hey, l- listen, <laughs> um, you're not making your case. He's convinced that you're not like stable. And then well, I think he's well, I think he's an asshole, so we're both of an opinion. Wow. I love your opinions this dearly. This is just this has um, gone. That over gentleman me. built tension like crazy. He'd be great in the group. <laughs> We'd be shooting each other in 30 minutes. <laughs> listen, listen, buddy. I'd rather hang out with Arturo. <laughs> you want my Tommy gun say? I'll give you Tommy. <laughs> so I'm just Tommy. sick of him. And look, if he comes on the trip, fine. I just don't want to be near him. Well, let's let's take care of that part now. So, um, the next day, Aveline, uh, let's do your questions real quick. Then we'll go over to what Sid's doing uh, the day before the festival and um, what else is uh, happening with Catherine. Because Catherine and Faye are going to have several things going on as well. So, Faye, uh, Aveline, your questions to Yinko was, has anyone else been asking about traveling up to the lake? Anybody survived the trip up to the lake and is willing to, t- t- uh, to tell us the tale? So he tells you that those are two good questions. Go ahead and make me a roll on either persuade or the other one here is intimidate, right? I am not as intimidating as I should be. Okay. But I'd like to try in order to boost my skill up. Okay. For Hit future. it. Yes, it's a regular success. So you do a little intimidation, and he tells you that there are other men who have already arrived and had questions about the Lake of Rupkund this season. Mm. You also find out that the only other guide in Nepal that has successfully trekked through those mountains nearly to Rupkund, but he skirted it, he's gone beyond it, He's never, you know, he doesn't know if he's actually been to the actual shores of the lake. It would be Torgi. You've picked, you know, the best guide to go. Uh, there are several other men who've claimed to make the journey, but as far as he knows, they're engaged in other, you know, they're not here in Kathmandu at the moment. So no, like, old wizened men who, like, are sitting in their bar stools, like, don't go up to Rupkund. The Yetis have attacked my family and right. took my foot. You have this. No, none of them. This real heavy need for a Yeti fight. <laughs> um, I want, I want a Yeti because I've been dying to use my Tommy. I can't just well, pull it use, out in Venice. I, I understand, in Je- but 
the the answer to your question is very simple. The there is nobody that he knows besides Torgi and his Sherpas who have crossed India and gotten very close or into Rupkund. Now, on the way there, once you cross into the Indian border and get closer, there are several villages you'll pass along the way, which uh, he's positive you'll hear all kinds of shit. But on this side of the border, they tend... You're still 250, 300 miles away. They tend to avoid Rupkund. They just... In Nepal, it's just one of those places they don't like to go. And again, because it's in India, they do climb there. They normally have permission, but this year, there is no one in those peaks supposedly being able to get a passage to climb. Like, the government has granted no visas for any reasons about climbing. So let's move on to the next day. Catherine, you are asked to go with Chorgi uh, to see this special priest about the, the potential to have boys and do all this stuff. And that's day one of the festival. So today you're kind of just milling about doing what you've been doing. Sid's there. Sid's dealing with, again, his friends. They're going over the last minute preparations. Sid has also been working on the maps, checking out the route. So Sid, go ahead and make me a survival roll. This will be your first one for the uh, overall pathway you're going to take into the mountains and what, how good of a route you've come up with. And then we're going to go over to excellent roll. Okay. Yeah, it's a 27. My survival is a 50. It's like two off of a heart success. success. That's, so it's, that's, it's a regular success. And on yeah. a map, that's fine. So, yeah, you, you understand what Torgi and his men are doing. You understand why they've chosen the route they have. Everybody make a listen roll for me, please. No matter where you are in Kathmandu. I actually made it. I just made it. I had a listen of 30, and I got a 30. Regular success. Okay. Sid, I did the same thing. Um, I listened a 40, and I rolled a 40. Listen, kids, um, I'm a little distracted. Um, I'm really trying to help this nice lady um, figure out fertility. Right. So, um, a 94. Oh, sweet mother. Nice. I'll tell you about it later. So, this is... You're in Kathmandu. You're sitting... Everybody's in different parts, kind of. It's the day before the festival. The crowds have swelled even more. It's, it's almost to, you know, a peak capacity. There's people sleeping on, like I said, rooftops. The weather is fortunately decent for this time of year. Probably one of the warmer warmer days it's going to get in June. And um, you all hear a... Overhead. Nah, an airplane just goes over. Oh, yeah. okay. Single prop. Single prop. Or double. It's At this distance, it's hard to tell. But, you know, plane... And this isn't the first one you've heard. Um, yeah, you've picked up on... You know, again, it's the festival. There are some other Europeans here uh, witnessing it. And, Aveline, you know that Ying Ko is a smuggler, which means smugglers' things happen. So it's just the sound of a of a, of a airplane going to the airport, which, again, is on the outskirts of Kathmandu, about 15, 20 minutes away. From, that's from the outskirts of the city. All right, so Priest comes over to you, Catherine, and everybody is kind of gathered. It's it's late in the day on the day before the festival. Uh, everyone's kind of gathered in Torgi's for dinner. They're, they're, you know, they're putting food on the table. Everybody's getting ready to eat. Even some of the chirpas, they've all arrived now. All the porters have arrived because once the festival's over, they're going to be ready to hot foot it and go. So it's a big pot of, 
of rice and and stew meat and all this other stuff. Priest comes over and says, Miss Ross, um, and if you wouldn't mind, I, I may I just have a quick word? I've been speaking to everyone on this expedition, and they've said some stellar things about you, and I just wanted to just have a heart-to-heart chat real quick if it wouldn't be too inconvenient. Keeper, this is the first time that this man has approached me? No, but it's the first time he's approached you professionally. Absolutely, Doctor. Funny how it's taken you so long to come and speak with me. I figured we'd be having much more of an open discourse regarding um, things like altitude sickness, um, oxygen levels. I've been getting some wonderful um, information and tips from our Sherpas. Well, um, but I'd love... You seem love to, to have talk- gone local, so I was trying to give you time to uh, to ad- speak with those... Y- you know, with the with these people. <laughs> Jesus. It's amazing how an NPC can just piss <laughs> He's like a thorn in the side of everybody, and we've only known him for ten minutes. Viewers, I would like you all to know that this is a inclusive and loving group. This is for comedic effect, because we know that the Keeper loves to push our buttons, especially those of the female characters, since oh, we are, no. after all, Yeah, right. I never go minority. after the boys. Never, la, 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 no, la, no. La. No, no, this is the 1930s, and that is just something of a fact, so please. <laughs> and show him just how quickly I could beat him with my woman fists. <laughs> woman fists. My fist. lady fists. <laughs> my lady fists. Um, it's like Ludafisk. It's not, a it's not iron fist, it's lady fist. Wasn't, <laughs> never mind. Wow, um, doctor, uh, it surprises me that um, as someone who's, you work in this area, correct? I've been through Nepal several times, yes. And I heard through the grapevine you're starting up a hospital out in where? Uh, Japan. You know, I really think you should show more respect for the locals if you intend to start up um, a hospital to make money and serve locals. I have great respect for the medical profession here, which is why I'm interested in their herbology and other things like acupuncture and the like. So you've gone local? No, I'm interested in trying to implement those into Western science. Not really local. So so we're in the same mind. You've just decided to look at it a different way. But that's okay. So um, what did you want to talk to me about? What can I do for you? Well, I just had several questions regarding the surgery you performed on Miss Dawson's chest, as she kept pointing out to me. So here they are. Make a medical roll. Let's go, kids. <laughs> that is a 49 which on my medical role is a average success, if you could believe that. Okay. But you were, how close were you to a hard success? About on 10 medic- points, right? On medicine? Yes, you're like yeah. an 85 or 90. I'm like, I'm an 80 in medicine. An 80. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you, that was still, all right. He says, all right. Well, that does seem to make some sense. Now she also had received a concussion, supposedly for several weeks prior to that. And some savage beating about the face. What would what did you do there? Could you? Because uh, I've been speaking to Miss Miss Aveline Hammond and to Mister Schooley and or my apologies, Doctor Schooley. But let's be honest, not really a doctor, is he? I mean, not of our ilk. So, with that in mind, you moved her quickly from a hospital uh, to take care of her in a different location. What did you do for her there? Go ahead and make another roll. I have an answer for him. I hate this mf'er. Wow, thanks, Faye. 
That is a 15? So that's a critical, or no. Uh, maybe, yeah. Critical success, yeah. All right. He says, huh. Well, Miss Ross, I, um, I have to say that I am rather impressed. The, uh, the fact that you have, in, from what I can hear from the injuries that you've described, have done everything in your power to accelerate the healing process and keep your friends, well, in good condition. Might I ask where you did your residency? Yes, actually, in London. In London? What hospital? He gives you the name of one. St. Clair's. I did my residency in France. In 1917. You don't look that old. In the... Thank you. Thank you. Um, Doctor, my specialty, if you could call it, is trauma surgery. And I have... I believe I've exceeded everyone's expectations in that field. I've kept my team in fighting fit form. I've saved their lives, patched their injuries. I've done everything asked of me and more. And as I've explained to you, in moments where hospitalization was needed, she was tended to through a combination of my own care and those of a larger hospital staff. Your opinion on this trip would be welcome in areas that I lack. For example, she motions to the lovely Sherpas that I've been speaking with nonstop for like a week. Information about the adverse effects of climbing, altitude sickness, things you've mentioned. If this is your area of expertise where you feel you are better than me, I'm not going to risk the lives of my friends and my colleagues on pride. If you want to come and provide your opinion, please. But I, I won't be, I won't sit here and have my, my integrity, my skill as, you know, a medical professional questioned by you. Miss Ross? Yes, sir. I believe your team is in the best hands they possibly could be. I'm going to suggest that I make my way back to my hospital. I hope that you understand why I dealt with this in maybe not the best way, but I would like you to know that when you're done with these little jaunts that your team seems to be going on around the world, it would be my honor if you would come. Declare yourself as a doctor as well in my new facility. Um, what? Sir, that, um, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Dr. Priest. Mr. Dr. Priest. Uh, pre- Priest, no. Um, that is- Father, Holy Father. <laughs> Holy Father, Priest, Doctor. Um, is this man attractive? Uh, decent. Um, he's, a, he's getting more by the second, isn't he? <laughs> Bye, Lucille. He's um, a 60. <laughs> Bye, Lucille. He's, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Doctor, I would be honored to, to visit your, um, your facility and to learn more about what the work would be. I believe I may have, we may have gotten off on some sort of wrong adversarial foot. No, not at all. I have no way of understanding your level of skill out here in Nepal. I have only heard the stories, and you can imagine they're quite fantastical for someone who didn't live through them. So I was just... I could could cut your finger off and put it back on. And I'm sure you... It sounds like you probably could. Uh, I would prefer we didn't have to go that route. So I did, I did have to spend some time just checking facts and making sure I understood exactly 
who was going to lead this expedition up into the mountain. But let us be honest with one another. Good doctors in the East of Western medicine are hard to find. Most people don't want to leave the comfort and society of London, especially those as skilled as you appear to be. So the fact that you enjoy rummaging and roughing it a bit, and as you say, we're in the trenches, only adds to the fact that you might be the perfect fit for my new operation. Beyond excited to get up that mountain, climb down it, and I'm, I'm going to consider your offer. He stands up. He says, let me leave you my particulars. And he writes everything down real quick. Awesome. Particulars. Hands them to you. Do you stand as he's leaving? Yes. Okay. He says, the next time I see you, Nurse uh, Ross, he says, hopefully it'll be able to arrange the title of doctor. And he takes your hand and he shakes it and he says, stay safe. I look forward to seeing you soon. And he goes, Cuthbert. I don't think my services will be needed here after all. And he walks away. I need to sit down. <laughs> I need to sit. Torgi. Um, Wait, we lost one of our medical professionals? He doesn't, he honestly doesn't see the need. Two doctors in this situation just seems redundant. Um, you're not even going above 20,000 feet where it starts to get real hairy. The trek is 250 miles in each direction. He could easily go with you, but it's two voices. You've, you know, most teams of climbers only ever take one doctor. It's just not because the Sherpas know what to do with basic medicine and first aid. Pulls the trigger, though. What? It could be another man that could pull a trigger. Okay, doctor. A creature, a demon. No, do no harm. Swore his oath, doctor. Hey, Hey, I'm a, I'm an exception to that rule. But because you're not a doctor. You're a there nurse. you go. What is what is priest gonna do against the yeti you're imagining? Come on. Yeah, Nothing. Throw him in front of it. All right. So, day of the festival. Oh, I'm telling everybody. I'm buying beers. Yeah, we we know it's all at the table. Uh, the day of the yes. festival has arrived. It starts out with a lot of large, oversized, bellowing type trumpets and horns and all the kind of things that echo and hum and blast through the mountains tambourines dancing in the streets each neighborhood and district's floats are already out for display they finally go through on the third day so who wants to who's planning on mingling is anybody where is everybody planning on going at this point give me a rundown of where you are for day one of the festival Faye. Um, well, Faye really wants to still talk with Catherine mm-hmm. um, and kind of reconnect. So this might be a really good opportunity for them to sort of explore the festival together and, you know, get to have a conversation and reconnect with each other. Okay. Sid? I guess I want to, if, if we're doing the um, festival, I just want to enjoy that moment with the people in the town, party with them, have a good time. I've spent the rest of the time preparing for the journey with the other Yep. guides and that, so I kind of want to cut loose and, and drink and have a good time. Okay. Aveline, what's your instinct here? My instinct is to go talk to Torgi, the guy who made it up. Oh, wait, no, he's with his wife. Well, no. Torgi, Torgi isn't going to go to this. She's asked Catherine to go, and now Faye will go with her as well and tag along. No, I'm, who's the guy that made it up the mountain? Was that Torgi. Torgi will be yeah. at the camp. Uh, will be at uh, the expedition site. 
His wife is going to get blessed a fertility blessing. Um, the two of them discussed it with Catherine. She asked him to stay in town long enough for that blessing to occur. Catherine and Faye are walking through the festival with her. Sid is out with the people enjoying the revels before this arduous lead of this climb. And, Doc and Professor Schooley is meeting with a wise man who claims he can fix something that's broken. What are you doing? I want to talk to the... I want to talk to Torgi if he's available to... Sure. See if, see if he's seen anything up the mountain, even if it's strange. Like, I just want to... I want to become buddies with this dude. So you're staying at the expedition hall? Yeah. Sid, you, you're having a fine time. You're, you're, you're partying. Um, some of the other... The locals have really kind of clapped on to you. Go ahead and make me a spot hidden roll. The old spot hidden. The old, the old spot, spot hidden. Uh, 64, I just made it. So at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so this is all not going to be exactly concurrent. Faye, you and Catherine are already by 4 o'clock in front of this holy woman with um, with Chorgi, uh, Chorgi herself. You're going through this whole thing. Sid, the music's been blaring. You've been eating street food. And you get bumped into by a gentleman who is about six foot one and he's blonde okay. and he's just this big, you know, guy and he bumps into you and he says, excuse me. It's no problem, mate. It's all a good time, man. He gives you a look back. You are English, yes? Yes, and you are? <laughs> I am not. That's right. You sound German to me. Oh, Austrian. Well, Can I? just a crawl over the mountains, isn't it? It is rare for such as us to be so far from home. Would you, um, would you care for a beer? I am about to sit down and have one. Sure. He starts walking can... towards this tavern, uh, right at the corner. And there's, there's no seats anywhere, but there's a little stall outside where the woman's just pouring pitchers of beer for passersby. <laughs> and he drops a couple coins and... He hands you one and he said, you know, he takes a big drink and he says, you know, first he makes a toast and he says, ah, to the future, whatever it may be. And he raises a stein and he takes a big drink and he says, so what brings you to the festival in far from London? Well, I've been here before. I've done my bit of climbing. I've got some mates up here and I'm proposing to do a climb with some mates up the way. What about you? You a climbing salt? Ah, you a land lover? <laughs> no. The grounder. I, uh, I've I've made some climbs. Uh, in uh, Austria, we do not have peaks quite like this, but I have uh, I have done some climbing in my time. You are very good shape. You you must climb quite a bit. I've climbed a bit, yeah. Climbed a few times. I've got some mates here. We've done some we've done some climbs around Europe and other places. Mm. Uh, how far do you? How high do you attempt to go this time? I did not catch your name. I am sorry. I am Dieter. Dieter oh, Henkel. Dieter, nice to meet you. My name's Clive. Nice to meet you, Dieter. Oh, Clive. It is Clive a good Lacker. stout. Clive Rutland. A good stout yeoman's name. We'll go with good. I don't know about stout. I've always had a problem putting on a pound. <laughs> he laughs. He says, so how high does your trek take you this time? Uh, to be honest, I'm not quite sure. I've been trying to get it out of my mates. Um, 
I'm sort of letting them lead the way this time. I'm just sort of uh, following in. I came for a bit of fun, a bit of seriousness uh, way back in my life. So I'm just trying to get away from things, you know. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Are you doing the uh, the tall mountains in the Himalayas? Is this, uh, there are many peaks there that have yet to be even touched by man. So fascinating. That is very true. It's very true. Um, I did attempt that once in the past and did not make it. Uh, but didn't get very far before I got ill and had to turn back. Cigarette? Um, no, thank you. Uh, I'm trying to give it up. There are so few things in this life that bring pleasure. I love... That's true. Uh, do not take many a day. The Especially here, hard to get. But I enjoy a good smoke once in a while, my friend. And he lights it. So, so where are uh, your friends? You... Are they enjoying the festival? Yeah, they're about somewhere. I don't know. I... I like to go all uh, native when I come here. I just love it up here in Kathmandu. And uh, so they went on their way. I, I spent the last few days looking at maps and got tired of that. So uh, tonight's about partying and fun. They went on their way, then I went on mine. You, so where um, are you climbing? Oh, I am I am here mostly for the festival this time. Uh, and picking up some information so that uh, perhaps my mates and I can uh, climb next season. Uh, this is uh, one of the reasons that only myself and a friend have come here. Um, you ah, hear sounds good. You hear poppers going off. Um, some people seem to be reacting like a little bit nervous off in the corners, but then everything seems to settle down. Conversation goes on for a couple more minutes. He's really just kind of mulling, looking around the crowd, uh, finishes his beer, and then starts to make his apologies that he's you know going to go off and try to find his friend. Okay. Uh, does he have... I try to make note of his... the way he looks, and um, I make a point of not drinking as deeply as he's drinking while I'm with him. Okay. Because he's German, and because I am immediately was immediately thrown by the German wondering uh, if it was an opposing team, shall we say. Okay. So uh, I just take a really close notice of what he looks like so that I can go back and, and tell the others, we'll say. Oh, Does he yeah. have any distinguishing characteristics? Just, nope. Probably in his late 20s. Looks looks like he could be a climber. Absolutely. He's in okay. pretty good fit condition. Dressed in, to you know, totally a, a normal suit for that time. Something like a gray with a light pinstripe. You know, nothing out of the ordinary. Sure. Something to help him stand out in the crowd. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The Teutonic Cross. As I, you know, something. Yeah, I get it. No problem. <laughs> something, something subtle that says Aryan. Right. So, Given, given that it's 1931. Sure. Right. So, Faye and Catherine, you're sitting uh, in front of this, uh, what is supposed to be a holy man's. Uh, there's a line of these women going in. And when it becomes your turn, she, she pauses. Tricky pauses for a minute and kind of seems hesitant and looks at Faye and then says to you, Catherine, she's dear friend, yes? Faye? Yes. Yeah, she's she's great. She's a really good friend. Some big secrets in Mountain. This this priest, big, big secret. No can tell, okay? Everybody together, yes? Okay? I turn to Faye. Um... Priest, huge secret. Just don't tell anybody. Women thing. Right. And you guys are my only friends. That's not a problem. Okay. You finally go in and the 
there's only you and her in the room. You take off your shoes. You walk forward. Everybody kind of kneels, you know, in in seiza, and the the monk or holy person lifts their head up, and it's a woman. It's not a man. That's number one. And she sees her and begins speaking in fluent uh, Gukta, which I'm, I hope I'm saying that word right, which is the language of Nepal. It's a little bit different. Finally, she speaks in English and says to you both, thank you for bringing her here. It's been very hard on her to make this decision year in and year out to continue with the choices that she has made. But I have explained to her there is no other way. She reaches beside her and takes out a bag and it smells of these pungent aroma. And she leans it, she passes it forward and Chorky is crying. Okay? You see her physically and just emotionally broken. Like she's she's actually sobbing. I look at Catherine and I'm like, uh... Infertility is something we all struggle with. It's, you know... I'm not infertile. Tea makes me infertile. And the... The priestess says, she has decided not to have any sons. She comes to me every year to take and get the tea from the high mountains so that she cannot conceive. Love that for you. She says, when she had her second daughter, it nearly took her life. And she has decided to give the husband she loves no more children. And it hurts her. She is very sad. She says to you, I'm afraid. Look, Chorgi, my love, listen. You are not worth more than him to just, like, just because, yeah, I want, we all have wants, we all have dreams, but that doesn't mean we always get them. Your life is important. He is my and if husband. You're ter- yeah, and he doesn't have to carry around a kid for nine months and potentially die by, sh- you know, going into labor. Look, every time a woman sits down and, like, gives birth, it's, it's a risk, and you don't have to take it. I'm getting older now, too. I, this... She will have to keep drinking the tea for the few more years, but she feels she is being dishonest with her husband. She looks at you, Faye, and you can see that she's just totally broken. So upset by doing this. Faye, who is... She's a little uncomfortable because um, fertility things like this and treatments and rituals and other stuff are part of the reason why uh, her life is such a giant mess. Mm. Oh, I never thought um, of that. So she's a little, she's Excellent a little point. uncomfy. She's uh, just kind of, she's kind of like side-eyeing Catherine, like, uh, this is way, way out of my expertise. But she, she looks at Chorgi because, you know, she, she sees that she's upset and she feels so terrible because this woman has been such a lovely and nice host and she doesn't want to see her cry. And she goes, look, you, you've done your job. It is, you've given your husband three children they might be daughters but you gave him children it isn't your fault that you couldn't have a son and i think that he would be much more miserable not having you in his life as opposed to not having a son that brightens her smile a little bit exactly you're an amazing wife and an amazing woman and that's way more than so many people have in their life 
a wonderful companion. She hugs the two of you. She takes the tea. The old woman smiles. It appears that you've been able to convince her at least for another season that this is the right decision, even though she feels that she's betraying a, fa- a trust and the love of her life, um, a man who has provided for her and she's been with for many years. She's still, she's afraid and she has every right to be. And she's just doing what the women in the high Alps can, or the high mountains can do sometimes in order to, you know, you know, sidestep fate. Aveline, the door to the expedition hall opens. Some of the chirpas are coming in and out. You wanted to ask Torgi something. So what was the question you had? He's sitting at the office, in the office, speaking to two of his uh, porters and uh, you're sitting, you know, you come in. And he smiles at you and he says, oh, Miss Aveline, it is so good to see you. How's everything? You enjoying the festival? I haven't been out to participate just yet, but I hope to at some point. Oh, you should, you should put the cares and put them in a trunk and let someone else carry for a while. You should have a good time. It's, it's, look, it's almost three o'clock. You uh, this will go on day and night for two more days. You have not missed much yet. You should go out and have fun. I would love to, but I have to be honest, Torgi, I am a little concerned about going up the mountains, and I wanted to ask you a couple questions about it. Oh, I will answer any way I can. I, I've been speaking with gentlemen all the time about this for weeks now, occupied with Rupkund. What are your questions? How can I help you? How many times have you done this journey? I have been never to the actual shore of the lake. I have been to the crater it sits in three times. Um, but I have always had people that were wanted to see it, but not approach. This will be my first time actually into crater. Mr. Polter said he needs to go to the actual bed of the lake. Um, normally this is not something I would recommend, but your team's been very generous and I found porters that are willing to, to make the trekking and ascend into the crater. That's, uh, that's good. We, I, we appreciate all the, your efforts to assist us in that manner, but this may sound odd, but have you seen anything out of the ordinary up there and you I will I'll take anything that you have I honestly I'll believe anything you say because I've heard that those mountains can hide some pretty serious things I'm just wondering if you saw or heard anything unusual um there are you know many species that live below 12 or 14,000 feet, Miss Hammond, but very few that go much higher than that. Um, the yak, the ram, a goat of the mountain, but not many other things. What are you, what are you concerned with? Uh, I, this sounds more like uh, something I would hear my porters say to me on, uh, you know, before a climb, that they worry about this god or upsetting a snow a snow creature or a man uh, in a cave. I don't know what you're worried about. This is this is 1931 by the by your calendar. I this is not uh, this is not the time for this type of fear and and panic. We we will we will be fine. We will be okay. Just always 
Well, actually, more recently, I've been aware that there are some powers in this earth that man cannot, science cannot explain. And I thought, maybe something about this lake, because every time I ask for a, a story about it or information, people seem to skirt around what it actually is. The door and opens again. The bell rings. Ding, 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 ding. He's just listening to you. Who comes in? Who comes in? Is your name Torgi? Who is it? Who, who do I see? You see a gentleman step in with a very scarred and misshapen face underneath his chin. And he steps in and he looks and he says, There's no need to answer that. Hello again, Miss Hammond. Behind him are four officers dressed in the symbols and the iconography of the SS as they enter and point guns at you and Torgi. Stay seated, please. Bring the others in. All of a sudden, the porters, the chirpas, they all get brought in. And he stands there and says, I tried to warn you, Miss Hammond, when we last met. I spoke to you at length with Dr. Schooley that you must desist in your search for these objects. But it seems it has fallen on deaf ears. So now we will work the other way. All of you against the wall. You, Miss Hammond. He throws a large thing of rope. And you, you see it. They're coiled into small pieces all coiled together. And he s says, turn them around. Tie their hands together, Miss Hammond. Wait. No, they've done nothing to Tie you. their hands together. I will not ask you twice. You can either shoot me because I'm not doing it. He goes up to one of the porters. The guy hits the ground. I can do this with their hands tied or without, Miss Hammond. I have some questions for them. Maybe they survive this, but your obstinance will certainly end in their death. You've played me once. This will not happen again. Tie their hands. She does it. Torgi looks at you. Uh, Torgi looks at you, and he's like, "Miss Heaven, who is this? What is going on?" Just keep your mouth shut. I can't tell. I can't tell him. Basically, he's gonna kill you whether you tell him anything or not. But like, I, I get out. Like, just stay calm. Don't put your hands. You've tied them up. He says, now step away and put your hands behind your head. I, I do it. On your knees. No. If you're going to kill me, I'm standing. One of the guards comes up. Do you want initiative or do you want to take this? How many of them are there again? <laughs> Six. Two with machine I guns. Him. And three others. He's got a Luger on you. I'll take it, but I'm not going down... Because he told me to. I'll okay. take the hit. Alright, let me roll for damage. Uh, the guy takes the back of his carbine, the the shoulder stock, and cracks it to the side of your head. Um, you take eight points of damage. Your eyes roll up into your I... head. Yeah, it was a hell of a hit. You go down. Great. They flip you onto your stomach. He ties your hands. He drags, he drags you up and props you up against the wall. Mueller looks at you, looks over at the first porter and says, 
Who hired you? Guy doesn't answer. He's like, where are you going? Torgi's like, I, I can tell you. I, I can answer. I know you can, but I'm asking him. The guy says, he's like, he starts talking and Gukta, hmm, so useless. <laughs> Pops him. Porter goes down. This continues until there's only Torgi and Timo. The young man who you, the young kid who was counting all the supplies. Nine Sherpas, porters, and oh. family members of Torgi are dead. His daughters are nowhere to be seen. The two young girls. They're not there. He walks over to Timo. And by this time, Torgi is screaming. He's crying. All this is going on. He just wants, he says, I'll tell you anything I'll tell you everything you want to know. You know, please just just stop. These are my cousin. This is my cousin. This is my what what do you want? What is it that you want? And he's like, "Please sir, tell me what is it that you want?" He's like, "To send a message. You see the men and women that hired you for this expedition were told specifically not to go. And that seems that no matter what I do, they keep Thinking that they can outmaneuver fate. There is something terrible in those mountains. They have already begun to stir something from its slumber. And I am here to tell you that I cannot let it go any further. Poof! Blows Timo away. I've, I've been screaming pretty much every time you shoot someone. You son of a bitch. They can't speak English. Stop it. This isn't that. their fault. It is. It is their fault for listening to you and being interested in the in this spectacle that you plan of stealing bones from a sacred and ancient site of evil. And it is your fault, Miss Hammond, for not listening to me back in Berlin. You are the only guide that knows the way. You I will keep. Aveline, make an initiative roll, even though you're tied up. Actually, it doesn't go by a roll in Cthulhu. What is your initiative? I have a 60 dex. 60 dex. Okay. So you have an option. You can attempt to gain your feet and run through the office into the back where the cooking area is and then try to get out the back door. Or you can sit there and see what happens. But he's... The two of the guards are taking him out. Um, oh god, oh god, I gotta talk. Oh shit. Uh. Not talk, uh, run, or sit there. I'm trying to distract him so that he doesn't go. I'm like, he's not the only one who knows where to go. Really? He starts walking closer. Who else knows the way? There are thousands of people in this city. Do you really think that there aren't other guides in this city that know where to go? And we'll just follow you. And you won't have any chance of getting what you want out of this. Because we will find you and I will shoot you in the head again and again. Because, you Nazi scum, you have no idea what you're messing with. Before I allow you to do that, I think I owe you something from last time, no? 
I mean, you've already had your one shot. Allow me to take mine. And you get shot. And that's where we'll call it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.